Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Wow, seasons have changed in quite remarkable fashion here in Northern Virginia. I was leaving the church on Thursday and I was stopped at a stoplight. And as I do, I sometimes look at my little weather app to see what's coming up over the weekend. When I saw the words, hurricane weather statement. (laughs) What? Hurricane weather statement? Having lived in North Carolina and gone through multiple hurricanes, it's not really anything I expected here in Northern Virginia, but there it was, hurricane weather statement. And I suppose, well, it's the change of seasons. Autumn is starting. And so, yeah, let's have a hurricane and lots of rain. So now the good thing about that is, and there is a good thing, we needed the rain. Now, the bad thing about that is, It could have come later during midweek, but we just kind of make peace with what is. You know, there's some things we cannot change. But it's an interesting conundrum. There is a very serious question I think all of us have to lean into at this particular time of year. And that's this question. What do you call it? Is it autumn or fall? Seriously, those of you who fall in the fall category who are in person, you prefer fall? All right. What about the autumn? Autumn folks? Okay, we are in the minority. Well, that's all right. You know, I I prefer the word autumn. It comes from the Latin word autumnus, that means autumn, uh, because of the connotation of the word fall. Because haven't you heard that uh, that little expression? Have a nice trip, see you in the fall. It's like, so anyway, that I don't want that sort of consciousness in my mind because I don't want to fall down. But really, it references falling leaves, uh, of course. And that's what happens in the autumn season. Leaves tend to fall off the deciduous trees, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. But it is a very pensive time for us, isn't it? You know, when the seasons change, when one season replacing another, um, just kind of as a pause moment, what does this mean? What happened in the preceding season, summer? What were the, the blessings and the graces and what were the challenges and the problems? And what is coming up in the autumn? What are we looking forward to or not looking forward to? I mean, I personally enjoy living in this area of the country because we have this beautiful slow motion technicolor fireworks process when the trees change their color. And it is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely. But there is a part of me that resists that because it's going to get cool and it's going to get dark and I will be eating more. And that's... (laughs) Which is great. There's food to eat. All right, so let's call it a win. But there's a part of me that really wants to hang on to summer, the long days, the being outside. I just love that and cling to that. I want that to continue until I get into the autumn season and get acclimated to, oh, it's autumn time. What are the gifts and graces for that? So ultimately, what we're talking about today are transitions. Life is a series of transitions, and things are always changing. It's that old dictum that the only constant in life is change. Things are always going to be changing. So for me, the change of seasons reminds me to look at what am I clinging to? 
what are my attachments? Because as they say in Buddhist teaching, our suffering is because of the things we are attached to. We suffer because we, uh, we are afraid that the things we love will go away. We suffer because the things we fear, we fear are going to happen. So it's almost like a, it's like a, it's like a conundrum. How do we therefore find peace with what is? Well, we look to the wisdom of the ages that comes to us. I love the Pete Seeger song that Amy presented for us because it comes out of the wisdom tradition in the Bible. So in the Protestant Bible, there are five books in the Hebrew scriptures in particular that are referred to as wisdom literature. Psalms, Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs, also known as the Song of Solomon. And I'm not so sure why it's wisdom literature, because if you really look at it up close and personal, it's really erotic poetry. But I suppose there's a time and a place for everything. So the wisdom literature really addresses those questions that really cause us to wonder, what's the meaning of life? Why do bad things happen to good people? What's really going on in the world? And in the version in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, from which the song uh, came, we read these words. And we've heard them, but let's repeat them because they're just that powerful. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Just the opening line itself reminds us that there's things that are just going to happen not necessarily a problem, they're just going to happen. A time to be born and a time to die, which cause us to make peace with the fact that all of us will one day move on to our next phase of life. My mom, who's watching, has a saying, we all have a date stamp on our bodies, an expiration date, somewhere where we can't see it, but it's there. The teaching, make today count, because none of us knows when that day is going to be. Love as much as you can love. Share as much as you can share. Make peace when you can make peace. None of us knows how long we're here, or how long the ones we love are here. This passage reminds us to often tell the people we love that we love them, in a way that they can appreciate it. Maybe it's through an action, maybe it's through a word, maybe it's through a letter. Make it count. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There are time for us to invade, engage in our various projects and then when we are done, we're done. Don't try to make something last beyond its natural lifetime. We did this on Saturday. Anthony and I went to our garden plot and we had some tomatoes that were reached their end of their time, had some pepper plants that we're not going to produce. And if we wanted to have beets and turnips for Thanksgiving, and we do, we had to pluck up that which was planted. And I tell you, my heart just kind of raced a little bit. It's like, oh, these are my babies. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm making way for the new because the plants couldn't really do anything else beyond this point. They had served their time. It's like we often say in wisdom, we come together with a people, with a person, a people, an organization, yes, even a plant, for a reason, a season, 
and a lifetime. The season had come to a close. It is okay to take the next step. A time to kill and a time to heal. This is a hard one for us. Maybe it's just another way of saying a time to end something that needs to end. And if there is a hurt or wrong, to invest the energy into restoration. A time to weep and a time to laugh. This is another way of saying honor our emotions and our feelings. Sometimes things are just sad and we need to cry them out. And sometimes things are just funny and not hesitate to laugh. Saw a wonderful show the other night about the history of comedy and there was a lot that was funny and we laughed. It was kind of off color, but we still laughed. Laughter helps us to move through the challenges of our lives and so does crying. We have to get stuff off our chests. There's nothing wrong and everything right with a good cry. A time to break down and a time to build up. It's like if you have Legos. Anybody have any Legos or Lincoln Logs back in the day? Yeah, if you want to keep rebuilding and restoring, you got to tear things apart and trying things, new things that work. That's the nature of life. It's like with a career move. Sometimes you move one direction and it just doesn't work. It's like tear it down, start over, do something else. We have all the time we need to do that which is to be done by us. There is no statute of limitations on living life to the fullest. Every day counts. and We can always start over. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Yeah, sometimes things are sad. They're done. I'm mourning my tomatoes. I'm not going to mourn them too long. But it was fun. It was our first year of gardening in this way. It was a symbol. And it was successful. And I had to pull them up because it was done. I mean, I realize that's a very simple explanation, but the principle still holds. The tomato, the pepper plants, symbolize something that I loved and that we loved so much that we ate it. <laughs> and we started dancing a happy dance, thinking about the, the, the beets and the turnips and the mustard greens that are got to go in. Time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together. These are things with which we build up a life. And sometimes the, the, the elements that we use to build a life up at one point, we just got to chunk them and be done with them so that we can gather new stones together. It's like folks who, who realize, you know, I need to stop drinking. I'm going to throw those stones out and I'm going to go pick up a white chip and start a new way. Time to gather new things together. Time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. You know it goes on and on and on to everything. There is a season. So how do we make peace with this, this chronic state of ambivalence, really? Things going and coming. It, it would seem that, we, that these transitions all the time could really cause us tremendous anxiety. I have a friend who once said, I never let anything go that didn't have claw marks on it. (laughs) 
because we get accustomed to things. We like things to be a certain way. That gives us security and stability and makes us feel comfortable. We have comfort zones. We talk about that a lot because we feel safe. And the prospect of doing the new thing, even if it's really exciting to us, there's still a hesitation. Because the, the new thing may come to us from one of two different ways. One, we planned it, we're really excited about it, such as getting a new credential, a new degree, a new job, a new mate, a new whatever, and we're looking forward to it. And sometimes life just happens. And we get the diagnosis and the call from the attorney. And then we realize what the accident happened or the tornado or the hurricane or whatever. It's like, I did not see that coming. My life seems to be disrupted. So we have disruptions of our making and those that are not of our making. To everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose. So there's a question I like to ask myself at such a time, regardless of whether or not it was something I put in motion or something that was put in motion for me. How can what is before me be for me? How can what is before me be for me? Or how can what is before us be for us? Because the question we ask ourselves is the one that we are going to answer. We are basically telling our mind from our higher self, telling our mind, you got a job here, and your job is to answer this question. How can what is before me be for me? Now, this is a very different question from the one we often ask ourselves, which is, oh God, what next? Oh, really? (laughs) The universe got a whole bunch of things that are coming up next. But we can set ourselves on the path that we want to go on with a positive affirmation if we're willing to say that even if this is a pile of stuff that smells bad, how can it be for me? I thought about this a lot in my role as senior minister during the COVID experience. How can this experience be for us as a community? And I thought of some answers that were really, gave me a tremendous amount of peace. One, thank goodness for technology. The, and I pandemic to live stream. And that we had this wonderful technology that we could leverage to stay together. So that was a win, not right? Then I realized, leaning into it, the value and the importance of relationship and simply being together and how priceless that is. And while I'm so grateful we can all be together uh, electronically, it just makes those times that we are together in person that much sweeter because for so long we could not gather that way. You know, And I think Barbara Streisand summed it up best. People who need people are the luckiest people. So how wonderful it is that when we are together, we really appreciate singing together, praying together, supporting one another, 
creating together. That was a win. And then I also realized that how is this before us? Because it highlighted my commitment to ministry. Our board's commitment to ministry. Our volunteers and members' commitment to ministry. An extreme period of time will help clarify your value systems pretty quickly. And what a wonderful feeling to realize how important this work is to all of us. Now, for your own personal lives, you may have done something very similar and had some things brought into stark relief. This is important. These are the tools I have. This is the strength I have. This is the capacity I have to move through this challenging transition experience. That's a win. And that's the sort of win from which wisdom is derived. Because you have to work for it. You have to trust it and be patient. But we might ask, well, how long does such a thing take? How long does it take to develop wisdom? Our Bible gives a variety of different answers to that in different contexts for the same answer. It's either 40 days or 40 years. (laughs) 40 whatevers. Think about the story of Noah. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights to create a new world. And the Exodus story of, of, of the Israelites to the promised land. It only took 40 years. In the temptation of Jesus, when he was tempted to, to uh, grow into his awareness of the truth of his being, 40 days. The number 40 shows up a lot. And it's a symbol. And it's a symbol that says it takes as long as it takes. So it takes as long as it takes for us to realize how can what is before us be for us. If we're willing to stay with the question, the answer will be revealed to us. I've realized that that doesn't sound like a quick, easy, simple thing. But ultimately, part of the reason why we gather in a setting like this, hybrid fashion, is so that we might understand our capacity to develop wisdom. So that when whatever comes along, we can be fully present to it, to the facts. I think that's one reason why I love the serenity prayer that is taught in 12-step traditions so much. Some of you might know it. If you do, let's affirm it together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This is the true power of acceptance. Because sometimes things come along in our lives that we simply cannot change. I couldn't change the weather forecast for this weekend. But I could change my attitude about it. I couldn't change the fact that we had a pandemic. But after much wailing and gnashing of teeth and crying and anger, I give myself permission to have my feelings. 
decided to lean in, how can this be for us? Because I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a victim of the challenges that happen. Maybe that's just my ego speaking. But maybe that's the awareness of what we teach in unity, that the nature of God is altogether good and that each one of us is inherently good, and that through the power of our thinking and feeling, we can create an interpretation of every experience we have, and that we can stay connected with the power of goodness, the power of God in our lives, through our prayer in meditation, and then we can act accordingly. You see, this notion of accepting the things I cannot changing, having the courage to change the things I can, is simply another way of saying this is how we live the truth of divine wisdom. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean we're going to like it all the time. But it does mean we will more than likely create lives of meaning, lives of hope, and lives of inspiration. There's a second element to this as well. When the challenges and transitions come along, the ones we welcome and encourage and the ones we don't, that I often hear people say, well, now that this is happening, I got to figure it out. I got to figure out what to do next. Have you ever said that? You're trying to, I got to make a plan. I got to figure this out. Yes, that works. There's a second flip side of that equation, of that conversation. I can let it be revealed. You see, in this notion of wisdom and acceptance and serenity, there are things that are ours to do to figure out right here or the old noggin. And there are those that we are simply to allow to happen. To let be and to let come. That's wisdom too. A time to know when to make things happen. And a time when to simply accept the reality that the answer will present itself. The Quakers have a wonderful expression of this. And they will say, way will open or way will close. Way will open or way will close. And I'm sure all of us have had those experiences in our lives when we just did the only thing that was open to us to do in the situation. Way opened. And sometimes the way we thought would open was closed. And kind of like a Pac-Man, we had to go the other way. <laughs> the spirituality of Pac-Man. So what I want to leave you with today is a promise when you're navigating change and transition, the ones that feel scary and the ones that are joy-filled that you were looking forward to. And this is a promise that the prophet Jeremiah gave to the Israelites while they were in captivity in Babylon. There's a whole story there. We don't have time for it. But anyway, they didn't really want to be there. Life happened, and they were taken into captivity. But the prophet, speaking on behalf of God, wrote this to them. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. So if you're feeling anxiety at this change of seasons, remember 
that whatever the change, whatever the transition, the words of the prophet are there for you too. Plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Peace be with you. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.